I'm not 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday from Jerusalem. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Wake up, you 
Monday morning at JM in the AM, one of the most recent times we used our makeshift system to create a, a studio from a place that's not usually a studio, uh, was on the Nefesh Benefesh flight last summer where we actually set up a very similar looking system to what we have here right now uh, in Israel to broadcast from the plane. This time we have not gone as crazy. Uh, we're actually in the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel, kicking off our Yom Yerushalayim week, YY50, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. That was home, of course, from the Maccabees, because we are now home, as are thousands and thousands of people from around the world. That's something we can attest to, because we saw them, saw many of them, uh, both last night and throughout the day today, in the holy city of Jerusalem. A tremendous amount of excitement for Yom Yerushalayim number 50, and maybe even a bit of excitement for the visit by the President of the United States, who chose this week, not quite sure who's in charge of the schedule, but chose this week to visit the Middle East and has already paid a visit to Saudi Arabia, and later today is going to be uh, arriving in Tel Aviv and heading to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel and the eternal capital of the Jewish people. And um, he'll be arriving in Jerusalem later. There'll be uh, plenty of, uh, <coughs> excuse me, plenty of ceremonies and parties. Live for you. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of uh, dinners and, and conversations and meetings and high-level discussions. And thank goodness we're left out of all of them. <laughs> we're able to observe with everybody else the craziness that is surrounding the visit of the President of the United States. Miriam Al-Wallach is here. We say good morning to all of our listeners. Good morning. How good are morning, you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thank God. A, a journey to the Holy Land, which is going to be quite an interesting week, to say the least. Well, it was an interesting couple of hours. Yes, so far. Right. Just getting from the airport, just getting through passport control was a little bit more um, adventurous than usual, As um, besides the fact that there are a number of birthright trips that are joining uh, the celebration this week, and there were a couple on our flight, one of which I will, you know, be able to share a little bit of an anecdote with you, which I thought was really nice. Um, clearly, there was a lot of commotion yesterday on the passport lines. So, uh, well, the rumor was that three flights had arrived at once. I right. guess that's not that unusual here in Israel. Uh, but it looked like um, the staff was unprepared for it. Well, I would say that they take a they took um, a lesson in the TSA playbook and didn't open <laughs> any extra lines <laughs> for the influx of passengers. But uh, yeah, the woman in front of us uh, was was um, how shall we say undergoing a different kind of screening than we had ever witnessed before, as the woman in the booth kept on producing some paperwork that did not look too friendly. Yeah, it looked and unusual. And then sent the woman in the other direction. It looked unusual, but the, the, the bottom line is it took a lot of time. Yes. And um, you know how it is. Israel doesn't mind who leaves, but they want to investigate who shows up. Correct. Uh, so, so we that, thank, we thank happening. her for joining us in Ben Gurion, and um, she promptly possibly saw a flight out. You know, now that we're in the Nefesh Benefesh office, let us uh, resort maybe next time to our to our Nefesh Benefesh strategy when it comes to passports. Yeah. Just hand them to Avi Levine, exactly. and, and that's the end of that. You I know? don't know why do we don't do that every single time. And by the way, Silliness. I'm still not used to landing without 3,000 people being <laughs> at Ben Gurion welcoming us upon our arrival. Uh, there were some groups, Birthright, you mentioned, and others that did have that type of welcoming yesterday. Right. Not a lot of singing and dancing, but a large contingent of people Amit welcoming them here. to Israel. Yes, that's just one of the missions. There are many, many missions that are here uh, that I've chosen this week. And anybody who spent any time in Jerusalem last night 
would have noticed that um, even I mean I was here Pesach where you have a significant number of people, but I mean throngs. L- last, night last night was, was throngs. just insanity right. in terms of the numbers and all the uh, foot traffic and the good um, mood and the celebratory air and just the whole nine yards. Restaurants that close at eight, closing at midnight, and yes, a tremendous amount of goodwill and just spirited atmosphere and crazy street closures that force people to walk a half a mile with their suitcases to make sure they can get to their hotel. Right. The right. Be- there's that. The best part <laughs> of um, uh, of this episode yesterday where we were forced... Is this best in quotation marks? Yeah, the best oh, part okay. of the episode yesterday where we were forced to park um, quite, a wa- quite a ways away from the hotel mm-hmm. and then um, literally schlep yep. our luggage you know, to the hotel. Good old-fashioned schlepping. The best part was he actually got there because I, I would imagine that for a lot of people it was a very difficult circumstance. Thank goodness we got there. We were able to... Um, and thank God we're in good health that we were able to schlep our own bags. Yeah, also true. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I never mean, expected it. I never expected we wouldn't be able to drive right up no, it and, was, uh, um, and dump the luggage. While, while we were prepared for a number of different things, that we were not prepared for, especially when Waze... God bless Waze, but when Waze kept on telling us, yeah, you're six minutes away. Right. Six minutes away, you can't make a left. Right. They won't <laughs> There's let, they nowhere won't, to go. They won't, they won't let you make any turns no. in this city. And today, um, especially at the time of this broadcast, it is going to be a very... Bedlam. The yeah, word you're looking for is bedlam. A very serious traffic situation. Right. Uh, as you would expect um, from the president... We're going to the north. From the president... We'll be back in a couple of days. Anywhere. North, south. Doesn't any, matter. Anywhere but the center of Jerusalem. Um, so and we welcome the president. Yeah, of the we United welcome States. the president. I assume he's going to land uh, right around now, and um, and then start heading to Jerusalem. And they're 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 getting ready. Do you think that they make the announcement on Air Force One that within thirty minutes of landing, because of Israeli airspace, they're not allowed to get up and go to the bathroom? Yeah, you know, I still haven't heard that announcement. It's cause they don't make that announcement no, on LL. They, they, they make it on Delta and another. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Right, this they, is they, not an Israeli they carrier. Do it, they do it on flights where they actually think it's a rule because it's not really a rule. But they, <laughs> but because because they've been convinced that it's an actual FAA rule, they go ahead and make. Or that they announcement. say, "Oh, the Israelis, they take this very seriously. We're going to listen. We are going to stay in our seats." Yeah. All, all I know is if someone if someone needs to get out of their seat with a minute to go to landing, there's never a problem like that at all. Right. They, they, they look the other way. Don't worry. We've never been on a nefesh benefesh flight where everyone's still singing and dancing in the aisles with 15 minutes to landing. Never. Not at all. Not at all. Where people are just cheering and overwhelmed with happiness that they are finally landing in Israel. That's yeah. all I mean. Oh, we got to thank our friends in Nevis Benefish. That's where we're set up right now. and um, In our mobile studio. We'll sp- in our mobile studio. And we'll speak to Rabbi Fass and get his impressions and everything going on during this Yom Yerushalayim week. Uh, it's always inspiring hearing his words. Uh, we've heard him a lot recently. I don't know if you remember, but uh, very recently we were down with him in Florida. Do you remember that? I remember? do remember. Remember that journey down to I Florida? I do remember. And uh, we've been with him in uh, Yerushalayim. The weather's better here. And he, the t- t- weather today. Weather's glorious. Thank goodness the weather today is I'll perfect. I'll tiktok because you bring with you snow. Well, I'm so not, do me a favor. I'm not even concerned about snow and rain. What I was concerned about was one of those massive heat waves. And that would make it very difficult for all the foot traffic Can in Can I just tell you, you, it's only Monday. If you do me a favor, just don't jinx it. Well, I have a habit of looking at the forecast and we should be okay. Yeah, and changing the forecast. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yes. Uh, anyway, tonight is the um, uh, Mizrahi, World Mizrahi event in Binyanei Homa. Mm-hmm. We are told that Yaakov Shweki is going to be headlining it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people from around the United States are going to be part of the big celebration and are looking forward to it. And we get an opportunity to hear him with one of his selections right now at JM and the AM. So we are celebrating Yom Yerushalayim all through this week. What are you playing? Uh, Am Yisrael is the name of the selection. Nice choice. Oh, thank you very much. No, oh. 
Um, By the way, if people haven't noticed, Nahum's been posting great pictures on his Facebook page. Well, thank you very much. No, 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 no. It's too early in the trip for an answer voice. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just too early in the trip. <laughs> but anyway, take well, a look Well, there are at unique things happening here. Correct. A we, lot of Israeli and American flags, flags are, are interwoven with each other, so to speak, right. symbolically. Right. Um, a lot of decorative uh, Yerushalayim buildings, a lot of decorative um, aspects of Yerushalayim's buildings because of the YY50. A lot of messages to President Trump. A lot of messages to President Trump, but both about the, um, both about the move of the embassy, which so many people are hoping for, which I don't think will become a reality. Um... But we'll see. You never know. Moving of the embassy and also um, uh, e greeting him, you know, mm -hmm. billboards greeting President right. Trump. And also, as I was running past um, Yamin Moshe this morning, as yeah. the, the foliage there is always beautiful um, and the landscaping there is always incredible, a big five zero was embedded in the flower bed right on Yamin Moshe, right near Yamin Moshe across from the Inbal. That is cool. Super cool. So I posted that. Um, and, a lot, and I posted one from one of the stores on King George that had posted their that had put up their own Celebration 50 sign, and, right. and you do see the number 50 all around town, as you would suspect. After all, it is the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem, and um, as this week goes on, we'll be and we'll go through the schedule. We'll be uh, speaking more and more about this incredible celebration and uh, what it's like to be in Yerushalayim for this unique and uh, historic week. It's pretty surreal. I mean, the fact that we got here last night and we've been talking about this for a year, we've been working with United Mizrahi for a year and all of a sudden it's here. I know, it's unbelievable. It's here. And the, the um, Mayor Barkat had posted the behind the scenes of how it took, what it took to set up the light show for last night. And it was in a fast action video. Mm -hmm. um, it's incredible. Now it, ha it, it it's incredible the timing that this what had to be built the structures etc it's an unbelievable video for people who don't follow near barkat you really should it's it's great footage and behind the scenes information so this morning when i was completely awake at an ungodly hour and decided to go for a run through this whole area it was like the after party like this is what it looked like when it was all over so everything is strewn all over the place but the barricades are still up and you can just see all of these structures that clearly have no place there otherwise were built just for this incredible once-in-a-lifetime celebration. Uh, we were walking about 12.30 last night on Karen Hayasod, and we saw them building the reviewing stand for the Rikud uh, oh. Galim, which is coming up on Wednesday. Right. Uh, the big parade of Israeli and Jerusalem flags that goes through the city. Um, that's, you know, one of the highlights. And it's just, it's so cool watching everything transform into this big celebration. I also... Uh, will point out because of the um, uh, because of the um, the trip of the president to the Middle East. I have never seen this number of barricades oh. and and very unhappy people when you do not put your car in the direction that they want you to go and plastic dividers. Uh huh. And um, and someone said last night a lot of machine guns. And someone said last night uh, yes a lot of well, a lot of a lot of a lot of weaponry to yes. protect everybody. Mm hmm. And uh, you could tell when somebody is uh, is paying careful attention to who's walking by oh, in the center of town. It's very interesting watching yeah, all of that. You and I were watching as we were just trying to drive in t towards the hotel. Right. Um, 
you know, just people being shooed off of sidewalks and, and the being scene near the prime minister's house. Correct. And now that we know what we know in terms of the timing of the prime minister last night, he was not even anywhere no, near. No, he that wasn't house. there. He was already speaking. The, the only thing, I could, yeah, the only thing I was thinking is maybe they, maybe at the last minute, he was being, you know, rushed there by car. You know, or maybe they keep it, you know, maybe they keep that whole space as a fr- as a frozen zone when he's there, not there. They knew when he was coming back. I don't know. No they idea. didn't consult us. <laughs> they didn't consult us, and they didn't put it in ways. The Had they put in those blocks and blockages on on ways, it would have been easier. And the rule is, by the way, uh, as President Trump will will be traveling through the state and through the city, uh, the rule is, as we learned, that uh, wherever he is scheduled to be, that area is closed one hour before. Correct. So if you have a closure, even mm-hmm. for pedestrians, mm-hmm. even for pedestrians, it is likely that you will be at least inconvenience for one hour likely more because obviously the president's not always exactly on time so but likely more are schools in session this week are schools in usual they are in session this week they are but high schoolers are off oh they're in school everybody's in school because we had heard that uh, we had heard that schools were closing monday and tuesday it's funny yeah we had heard oh really we have a breaking news update from Yael Katzman. Yael Katzman claims that schools in Jerusalem are open. My children are all in school. Unbeknownst, <laughs> At least you think they're in school. Unbeknownst to those unlucky kids who thought President Trump would bring them a couple of days off. They did. My son was begging me this morning. He's like, no, we can't go. We're not going to be able to get home. I'm like, oh, Yo, you'll get home eventually. <laughs> <laughs> eventually. That seems to be the theme of the city today. You'll get everywhere you need to get to eventually. Yeah. Anyway. Which is a bigger inconvenience for Jerusalemites? The President of the United United States coming or the marathon? Actually, it's probably the marathon. Because it's a Friday? Because it's closed. They just keep everything closed for a long time. With the president, they'll close it. I think the the plan is to close off streets on and off. But, uh, yeah. But the marathon's also on a Friday, so that's a that's a doozy. It's on a Friday. And it's a few hours, yeah. But they also give you a lot more warning with the marathon. You know, they give you exact instructions how it's going to work. They advise you to shop on Thursday and things like that. Here, nobody, even today, no one's positive exactly no one's positive. when, where, yeah. how, etc. You know, right? No one's positive. So, yeah, I had this experience when I was here with Mayor Bloomberg, mm-hmm. and he was representing the President of the United States, and I was part of that delegation. There's no better feeling <laughs> than having every road closed and you have the run of the city <laughs> when you're in that on that side of the perspective. Now I get to be on this side of the right. perspective. This isn't awful. fun over it here. Is awful. This I mean. isn't fun over here at all. We were really looking forward to this week. <laughs> Thank you, POTUS. What can you do? He chose this week. Well, I'm not sure, but maybe. Uh, uh, maybe. Maybe it'll turn out to be a good Stay idea. Stay tuned. Uh, more coming up. Yaakov Shweki tonight at Binyanei Ha'omat to celebrate the uh, 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. We have him here with one of his great selections. Plenty more coming up. Nahum Siegel, Miriam Al Wallach. We're at the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. Where else would one go for their first stop when they get to Israel? But obviously, Nefesh Benefesh. That's where we want everyone's first stop to be when they get to the uh, Holy Land. More coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. Thank you. 
J.M. in the A.M. Yaakov Shweki, he'll be performing tonight at Binyanei Homan Yerushalayim as World Mizrahi gets ready to take the stage and uh, really pick up on the role that they've had over the last few months, encouraging people and now, in fact, welcoming people to uh, head to the Holy Land and be in the Holy Land, be in the Holy City of Jerusalem for YY50, for Yom Yerushalayim number 50. It is 50 years since the Six-Day War. Very, very hard to believe for some of us. Time has marched on the way it has. And here we are. For those people in the audience who remember the 
67 war. <laughs> um, I'm sure you think time Why has, are you looking at me when you say that? I'm sure you think time has flown like crazy. And for someone like you, yes. who certainly remembers mm-hmm. it, I mean, you being an adult already at that time. I barely remember the marathon from last <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, you go ahead and, uh, and, and think back through 50 years of memories. And the, um, the iconic photo of the three soldiers at the Western Wall, mm-hmm. um, from what I am told, tonight is going to be commemorated and uh, celebrated by their reunion on stage at the uh, Mizrahi event. I believe that that's the intention, actually doing it at the concert. Right. There are a number of, of unbelievable moments that are planned for tonight, Shweki being one of them. But obviously the reunion of these three paratroopers is Harabayat um, Biadenu, which was a major focus of the conversation on Fridays. Oh, you heard that. I happen to have been there, Yes. <laughs> I want to thank everybody who helped us uh, make this past Friday a very successful day for JM and the AM Fundraising Marathon 2017. And it was an honor to welcome a lot of very special guests into our studio uh, back in New York City. A studio that's very quiet this week, I might add. Um, but here we are in our uh, mobile studio in, uh, in Jerusalem, Israel, uh, broadcasting from here. And thanking everybody who took the time, the effort, and of course, the resources to support us for yet another year and make our transition to all to an old digital platform even more um what's the word even more even more even more what even more. not celebratory even more um seamless yeah i guess seamless is the word but I'm tr- what i'm trying to say How is about even stronger yeah it he's uh, given us an even stronger foundation um mark made a comment on friday about the um the incredible nature of the fact that we were going from this marathon and then straight getting on a plane and then picking up with this wonderful week of programming and just as a testament to the strength of the network that we are able to facilitate this kind of project so quickly, work on multiple things. But to me, it's a testament to, you know, people like Mark and, and, the, and people like you and people like all of us who are just working together for this greater cause because the network and JM and the AM provide such an unbelievable um, service to the greater Jewish community that we just have to keep moving forward and working harder. That's that's not only our goal, but it's it's um, the Jewish community deserves it. Yeah, no question about it. And one of the things that we learned, and maybe this is why I left last week's fundraiser with such great enthusiasm, aside from the wonderful total that we had, uh, one of the things that I learned over the last couple of weeks is just how meaningful our programming is to so many people around the world. We were stopped in Ben Gurion by somebody who came over to us, and I saw this person looking at you and obviously recognizing you. And he turned to you and said, "Thank you so much for your hard work." Yeah, it was it was really nice. It yeah. was it was really two weeks. Uh, we <laughs> two weeks. I'm used to the old days. Three it was really, days. It was really three days worth of that. Three where, days. Where a lot of people came through with beautiful comments about the uh, about the show and about the network in general and all the different things we present. Someone today commented. Someone today contacted us from Melbourne, Australia. Right. To let us know that he is so enamored with our programming, he's three months behind in listening <laughs> to the podcast that he's already put yeah. onto his phone, uh, and he's trying very hard to catch up. But this type of even what we're doing right now, this type of uh, conversation um, takes place nowhere else in the media, obviously. Casual Correct. conversation about the Holy City of Jerusalem, for instance. And then on top of that, uh, you know, a lot of people couldn't make it here. A lot of people could not mm-hmm. 
uh, enjoy the, the what we were able to enjoy uh, last night and what we'll, be able to, we'll be, what we'll be able to enjoy through the week, which is the incredible celebratory nature of this incredible historical event, one that we commemorated 10 years ago by celebrating the 40th from Jerusalem, and now we're here for the 50th 10 years later. And if we can give, and I'm sure we will, a taste of all of this to our listeners, and it was certainly worth the journey. So everybody out there, we will give you a taste and more of uh, as we continue to talk about the Trump visit and at the same time this Yom Yushalayim number 50, 50 years since the Six-Day War, 50 years since the reunification of Jerusalem. I also wanted to point out on a sad note that we learned right after Friday's show that uh, one of my old friends from the uh, world of Jewish music and entertainment, uh, Nutta Weidenbaum, who was responsible probably for tens of thousands of kids enjoying Cholomoid activities, and that's a good thing to be known for, making tens of thousands of kids happy over the years, each and every Cholomoid. Uh, he passed away, unfortunately, and the funeral was this past Friday. Our condolences to his family. And um, what is there to say? I, uh, like I say, I don't think there's a greater tribute you, could, you can give somebody than holding them responsible for tens of thousands of kids enjoying Cholomoid each year. And while he was involved in many activities and was a rabbi for many years of a, a shul and many other things, uh, what I will remember most about him is all the different events that he put together to really enhance the world of Jewish music and to inspire people uh, throughout the entire year, especially on Cholomoid, Pesach, and Sukkot. So we remember Nutta Weidenbaum and our condolences to his entire family. Um, the week of broadcast that we have here at JMAM will include tomorrow at Yad Sarah, a unique and very interesting institution uh, in uh, Jerusalem. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to speak to some of their staff and find out why they are so unique and why it's important, in our opinion, that more people around the world, especially in the U.S., know about them and the work that they do. I don't think anybody living in Israel does not know about their work. Now it's time for everybody around the world to learn of their incredible work. On Wednesday, when we're on the porch on the balcony of uh, Eisha Torah... Location, location, location. ...and overlooking Harabayit, um, we will be hosted by our friends at Amit and obviously our friends at Eisha Torah. And that is how we're going to be spending and celebrating the uh, 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem by by being uh, right near Harabayit, by Facebook living, so our listeners can actually watch what's happening, and by meeting some interesting people, many from the United States, who are helping support Israel and its programs here through Amit and through their hard work. A number of them we met this morning at the Citadel. Correct. As they are staying there, and uh, kudos to Amit, by the way, for bringing such a large contingent of um, Amit supporters and of Amit members here for the week. They, yeah. have, they have an unbelievable lineup plan. They are, I mean, we think our schedule is packed. Amit's schedule is packed. Yeah, they got the mission of all missions yes. and one that'll, that's going to be unforgettable for those who are participating. So that's happening now as we speak. It's already begun and they'll be with us and we'll be with them on Wednesday here at JMNAM. Thursday is going to be a, uh, an interesting day because uh, we'll meet our friends from Atarat Kohanim, very appropriate for both Yom Yishalayim and Yom Chevron. And in addition to that, um, we are going to try on Thursday to relive some of the sights and sounds of 1967, one of the highlights of our Yom Yerushalayim special each and every year, and that we hope to do this coming Thursday. If we could sneak it in Wednesday, by the way, we'll do it then as well, but that's a separate issue. We yeah. should also mention, by the way, that it's with great thanks to Amit and to Andy Goldsmith that we were able to pull off this unbelievable Wednesday show from the roof of Aish. So we thank Amit, we thank them for their sponsorship, and especially for their partnership in this program. We thank our um, our friends at Atarita Kohanim. Uh, we will be joining them Wednesday night for their dinner. Right. as well we should just make mention of that they have a dinner coming up next week in new york 
not next week, two weeks. June, uh, yeah, in June fact, 6th? In fact, the day after the parade, we're going to be speaking right. about it on the air. The actual dinner is happening. Oh, excuse me. The actual dinner is happening the day after the parade on Monday night, May the f- Monday night, June the 5th. And that's happening, um, and that's happening at... Um, Terrace on the Park? At Terrace on the Park in Flushing Meadows, Queens. So that's happening Monday night, June the 5th. American Friends of Atarit Guanim, Jerusalem Chai, has their event that evening. Right. And as always, I mean, it, we, we felt it was very appropriate to begin this week of programming here at Nefesh Benefesh. So we thank our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. I know the Rabbi Fass will be joining you probably starting in hour number two. Makes the most sense. Right. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, this, there's no more appropriate place for us to begin a week of programming of this excitement and this height and this kind of celebration, except with our friends at Nefesh. And the Friday, uh, the Binyamin region is getting a new medical center, and the One Israel Fund is making sure that they're behind the project. And we'll be there, Bezrat Hashem, doing Friday's show uh, from that location. Am I correct? Well, yeah, sort of. What do you mean? I mean, it'll take place on Thursday. Right, but right. we'll be doing Friday's show from there. Correct. From their big ceremony coming up. On Thursday afternoon. So it's an action-packed week. A lot happening in Israel. Celebrating YY50. Yes, Miriam Wallach? No, I just feel like my voice between the marathon last week and the flights and um, all the, you know, the, the hard work that we put in. I feel like my voice is already, like, shot. Really? Do you hear it? No? Well, we've got to make an emergency appointment with you, uh, for you rather, uh, at one of the Jerusalem's the, uh, best voice experts. Yeah? An audiologist? No, that would be... No, a, that's hearing? Yeah, I don't know. ENT. Somebody w- right. Yeah. Somebody was commenting. We were listening to a podcast about somebody else who's in radio who was saying that uh, his hearing has suffered tremendously. I'm sorry. What did you say? Exactly. His <laughs> hearing has <laughs> suffered tremendously as a result of his um, commitment to radio. Exactly. So I I said that I had gone to the internist a couple weeks ago and he asked me if I had any hearing loss. I'm like only for the last five years. Exactly. Exactly. Happy anniversary. I five could, years. I could tell you. I could tell you a few stories about hearing loss. That's for sure. So can I tell you about the birthright? Yes, participant? that's coming up. Uh, Mary Malwalek has something to tell us regarding the birthright participant. I've been keeping this from she, you. That she was next to on her flight to Israel. Just yesterday. More of that and plenty other uh, wonderful things coming up. If you keep it here at JMN, we are in Israel celebrating Yom Yushalayim. It is YY50, everybody. That's right. It's YY50. And, um, and President Trump is arriving in Israel today. Jerusalem is adorned with the most incredible decorations the most in- and the most wonderful atmosphere you can imagine. We are celebrating the most unbelievable week you can imagine. YY50, Yom Yushalayim week. 2017, 50 years of the reunification of Jerusalem. This is JM in the AM. Let me show life. Okay, 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 okay,
ימים, ללא מרגוע, במלוא אמצע, לנחמה, מוכרח אני, או לנגוע, בספים, באדמה, לפסוע באותה הדרך, בתוך פריחה, הקרקומים, ולהיות כל כך אחר, ולפרוע ערב הגשמים. תשאירו! בדרכים, האם כקדם יחקירוני האנשים והפרחים? רק תפילה אשר הייתה שם כשעזבתי עוד נובעת תיקח 
I've seen strangers raising flags Seen you dressed in ashen rags Seen them all turn around Just like you I hold my ground But I stand quiet, I stand still Like a rock throughout the ages I'm just a stone from your home I'm Jerusalem stone And I've waited all this time See you in this land of mine And I've waited through the ugliness and grime See you in this land of mine in the AM. Should I do my tribute to ZK now? 
Because I cannot believe that this little thing that he said long actually works. It's unbelievable. I'll tell you. He has, uh, he has made sure that anybody can set up a radio studio if necessary. Mm. And that's pretty amazing. It is the 22nd of May, the 26th of ER, and today is day number 41 in the counting of the Omer. Are people still counting? I would hope so. There's, another, there's another week to go, you know. I do know because I the, the cheesecake conversations have uh, proliferated they've Facebook. Surfaced. I mean, surface. They've like, you know, they're abundant. Um, best kinds of cheesecake. Day four. The best. There is only one answer to the, oh, to no. the question. Oh, no. You and I are definitely not on the same page about this. There is only and one. And somehow or another, this part of the conversation has made me so enervated. My voice is better. There is no. Uh, there's only one right answer to the best cheesecake. Oh, here we go. And that, of course, is halva cheesecake. Quite, quite simply. Maybe we should go to a song. I think everybody understands I think we should go to a song. Uh, It's day 41 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. We're in Jerusalem. So here I learned a few things from the Jerusalem Post this morning. I was perusing the paper. And one of the things I mentioned last week was I was concerned and curious what the content of President Trump's speech in Riyadh would be. Um... You were also afraid they were going to give him a sword in that whole sword festival thing that was going on. I don't remember mentioning that. Was I I worried? Yes. I I don't remember. I don't think we need POTUS holding a sword. Delivering his first major foreign policy address since taking office, this Michael Wilner writes in the Jerusalem Post, U.S. President Trump told Arab world leaders gathered in Riyadh on Sunday that he considers Islam a fundamentally peaceful religion. Oh, that doesn't sound like his campaign speeches. But, (laughs) you could say that again. (laughs) But that extremist elements within it are holding their nations back and that force must be used to drive out heretics of the faith. At times, Trump sought to distance himself from theoretic, from rhetoric rather, that defined his presidential campaign and so concerned the very leaders sitting before him. After claiming Islam hates us in a press interview last year, he told the Riyadh gathering of more than 50 heads of state that Islam is in fact one of the world's great faiths. <laughs> this, re- this, reminds me I of, mean, this reminds me of a guy who's desperate to get out of the room safely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he added that comment. Then, I mean, this, this was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say shocking, but I, I, didn't, I didn't anticipate that. Um, in his broad appeal for moderation in the Islamic world, Trump claimed no allegiances in a parallel sectarian war that has aggravated extremist forces across the Middle East. He said the U.S. would not take sides in the conflicts between Sunni and Shiite, and yet he singled out an alliance of Shiite governments and paramilitary groups as chiefly responsible for much of the region's strife. In addition, where is it here? But wait, there's more? No, you can say that again. Okay. Um... In addition, long-standing U.S. concerns with human rights policies across the Arab world took a backseat in this speech as Trump focused exclusively on the global threat of religious extremism. We are adopting a principled realism rooted in common values and shared interests, he told the group. Trump's remarks contrasted starkly with former President Obama's inaugural address to the Muslim world in 2009 from Cairo, which excluded any mention of terrorism. The president's basic vision of a war against extremism on which he campaigned remained intact as he called for a resistance in a Middle East encumbered by, quote, venomous ideologies. America's battle with terrorists is not pit civilizations against one another, he argued, but the barbaric against the decent, the civilized world against the uncivilized. I would love to speak to the speechmaker about this. All I'm sitting here wondering is who the speechwriter is. Evil forces working to undermine the West and the Middle East alike. All right, so he did a big anti-terrorism speech. He did a big, um, 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 what's the word? 
anti-terrorism speech and a and a big uh, hope for regional um, cooperation speech. I guess we'd call. Is it. the word you're looking for is kumbaya? But the most interesting part of the speech to me. The most interesting part, as if this was not interesting enough. Yeah. And, and by the way, I was surprised, unless I missed it, um, I, I guess he didn't spend much time, if any, on the uh, commitment, the financial commitment that the United States is ready to make to the Arab states. I guess he did not use that opportunity. But that was all over, that was all over social media yesterday. That he did or didn't? The arms sale. That he did or didn't? I, I don't want to speak out of turn, so give me a second. I'll check Yeah, I'm it. not sure how that... Uh, they don't but the conversation was in full force yesterday. Yeah, they don't even talk about it here in the in the article, so I'm not sure if it was included well, I, or not. I, you can continue reading the J-Post, and I will get my anyway, my source preview, of information. Previewing his upcoming... And, th- and these, two Twitter. Pa- these two paragraphs are, are... What are you looking for? Are frightening. Oh, okay. In, in my opinion. Previewing his upcoming visits to Jerusalem, which, by the way, is today, Mm -hmm. Bethlehem and Vatican City, Trump suggested that world peace could start with a resolution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Everyone who always (sighs) dreams about world peace, if you want to know where it begins, it begins. (laughs) An achievement that would resonate around the globe and throughout its religious communities. If these three faiths, this is a quote, if these three faiths can join together in cooperation, Trump said, referring to Islam, Christianity, and Judaism, then peace in this world is possible, including peace between Israelis and Palestinians. So a very interesting take. He could have used so many different approaches in this visit to Riyadh, and now you see what approach he, in fact, did use uh, during the speech. And now the big question is <laughs> what will the speech in Jerusalem include or not include? Many people would love to see the embassy move, of course, and many other things. Will he harp on settlements during the speech in Jerusalem? Very curious to find out, and we'll know very soon. About a half an hour ago, I-24 News English uh, tweeted out, Breaking, Air Force One has taken off from Saudi Arabia, and President Trump is on his way to Israel. To which Arsene um, Ostrovsky, who's a great tweeter, um, posted in response, Hey, so now we have direct flights from Saudi Arabia to Israel. There you go. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored digital radio around the world around the world in the web at Nachum Siegel Network. At the Nachum Siegel on the NSN. Well, I'm all confused. Nachum and of course on the NSN app. So again, uh, we are here in Jerusalem. It's the beginning of a very big week. I want to thank our friends at Nefesh Benefesh, where we are uh, situated with our mobile studio on this Monday. Full week, of course, ahead, with the centerpiece being our visit with Amit to the uh, porch, the balcony of Eishat Torah, overlooking Harabayat this coming Wednesday. Here for the entire week of broadcast. A big thank you to everybody who participated in last week's fundraising marathon. If you have an envelope in your home and you haven't returned it yet, please, never too late to give a donation and support all of our efforts, that's for sure. I also mentioned that there are many USA events, many New York area and beyond events that are going on to commemorate Yom Yerushalayim. Do whatever you can to participate in one of them if you are, in fact, back in the U.S., and if you're not part of this delegation that's come to Jerusalem to celebrate. Uh, it's a unique opportunity during this Jerusalem 50 uh, to participate in this incredible, wondrous miracle of 50 years ago and to celebrate it along with uh, colleagues from our communities around the world. More. I d- I'm sorry to interrupt, but can I just tell you that right at this moment, the top, um, the top uh, topics on Twitter that are trending, okay, the top six things, Saudi Arabia, Trump and Israel, Iran, POTUS, Jews, and Jerusalem Day. There you go. All trending on Twitter. And Jerusalem Marabu. Day is, is tomorrow night and Wednesday, and we are here for Jerusalem 50, everybody.
Lemele, 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 
J.M. in the A.M. with Ohad, um, here with Lamelech. Before that, you heard the uh, Od Yishama done by Aspak Larya. A J.M. in the A.M. broadcast on a Monday from Yerushalayim, from the headquarters of Nefesh B'Nefesh. We're beginning our journey for YY50. Those of you out there who are uh, uh, not able to be here in Jerusalem, we'll give you some of the sights and sounds as we go through the week, including the centerpiece of our broadcast coming up on Wednesday. Um, watching and uh, and participating in the celebration very close to Harabayat uh, from the uh, balcony of Asha Torah with our friends at Amit. That's happening on Wednesday's broadcast between 6 and 9 a.m. As I mentioned earlier, there are some events that are going on in the U.S. That I want everyone to be part of, or at least be aware of, opportunities to commemorate YY50 and to acknowledge the miracle of 50 years ago in the War of 1967. Uh, American Friends of Ateret Kohanim, Jerusalem Chai, have their big dinner coming up the day after the uh, Celebrate Israel Parade. That's happening on June the 5th in uh, New York City at Terrace on the Park. Starts at 6 p.m. Dinner is dedicated to the memory of the esteemed pillars of the organization, Dr. Irving Moskowitz and Mr. Joseph Mermelstein, uh, and in honor of the Ateret Kohanim children living in the 2,000-year-old dream that we call Jerusalem. Uh, the Honorable Ambassador John Bolton, the Honorable Consul General of Israel, Danny Dayan, uh, Fox and Friends anchor Pete Hegseth are all going to be part of the program. And uh, that's happening on the night of June the 5th. Information, you contact Jerusalem Chai uh, in their offices at area code 212-216-9270, 212-216-9270. You know about the Mega Mission. We're here right now with Mizrahi. I want to thank World Mizrahi for spearheading this effort. A historic Mega Mission of a lifetime celebrating Jerusalem's Jubilee. Uh, tonight is the opening ceremony, and again, we are anticipating uh, being able to give you some of the sights and sounds of this incredible week as our week of broadcasting continues, uh, if you keep it here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. I um, want to take this opportunity to remind everybody that Yeshiva Kotel, which is located, believe it or not, right across from the Kotel, uh, is going to be um, a celebrating in Lincoln Square Synagogue this coming Tuesday night, Tuesday night, Lincoln Square Synagogue. Guest of honor will be Danny Danone, Israel's permanent representative to the United Nations. Brigadier General Mickey Edelstein, the IDF representative in the U.S., will also be attending. And Rabbi Rafi Mandelstam, alumnus of the year, will be participating, and he'll be honored that night. Rabbi Ruben Tarragon, Dean of Overseas Students, uh, will be giving the Dvar Torah, and there'll be a musical performance by Eitan Katz. The evening will conclude with a festive Ma'ariv service featuring specialty lot for Yom Yerushalayim. Go to hakotel.org.il slash dinner, hakotel.org.il slash dinner. Again, this dinner is tomorrow night at Lincoln Square Synagogue in New York City. It happens on Tuesday night for Yeshiva Hakotel. We send them our very best for a very successful dinner. And you could email um, you could email Don Cates for any information you may need. 
or to uh, place a reservation, don, D-O-N, at hakotel.org.il, don, D-O-N, at hakotel.org.il. Uh, uh, we spoke last week about the OU's um, Yom Yushalayim event. They have invited uh, every synagogue around the country, around the United States, to participate by presenting and having their congregation view this very interesting program entitled Yushalayim, A Taste of Jerusalem Torah, by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter, by Michael Rosenzweig, Rabbi Yitzchak Breidowitz, Rabbi Tzinsi Pora Heller, and Rabbi Nitz Shani Tarragon have all been asked the same question about Jerusalem. Why is Jerusalem important to us as religious Jews? Each one of them will have their take presented on this answer. Uh, you'll recall that we spoke to Maish Bain, the president of the OU, about this event uh, happening during this week of uh, Yom Yerushalayim. Information, go to ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. Again, ou.org slash Yom Yerushalayim. And uh, B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada is celebrating its 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem with a dinner that is coming uh, Wednesday night, May the 24th, at the Museum of Jewish Heritage on Battery Place in New York City. want to congratulate and wish Mazel Tov to Binny Dax, Shmuela and Shlomo Nemet, and Shlomo Weisberg, all of whom are being recognized um, with honors at the dinner this coming Wednesday night. It's incredible how many events for Yom Yerushalayim are taking place outside of, outside of Yerushalayim itself and outside of Israel. People should note that even if they were not able to make it here, they still can partake in events and they still can celebrate and they should. And I hope they will. Wednesday night, B'neiAkiva.org for information. B'neiAkiva.org for information. The Lower East Side of Manhattan celebrates Yom Yerushalayim with Rabbi Aryeh Leibowitz, the featured guest speaker, Wednesday, tom- uh, Wednesday night, rather, May 24th. Mincha at 8 p.m., followed by the lecture by Arya Leibowitz on the, on the topic of Yerushalayim, where every stone tells a story. That's happening at the Bialystoker Shul. Again, at 8 o'clock, Mincha, followed by the lecture. It is coming Wednesday night in honor of Yom Yerushalayim. And look who's celebrating Israel, the New York Mets. Could you imagine? The New York Mets were featured in the New York Times Magazine last weekend. Well, Mr. Met was, yes, right? Mr. Um, Met. And Robert Katz sent me a little... I, I, told, I alerted Robert that he should read it. Everyone knows that he's a major Met fan. And he read it and sent me a nice text about how incredible an article it was. So it was a great article. It was, yeah. Especially when it talked about the Yankees. <laughs> so you can celebrate Israel by joining the New York Mets this coming Wednesday night against the San Diego Padres. It's Celebrate Israel Night at City Field, uh, sponsored by the JCRC. Uh, for information, you can uh, contact the JCRC of New York. They have information on their website or dial 718-559-3046, 718-559-3046. A big week for us here at uh, JM and the AM as we continue to broadcast from Israel. Everyone is invited to uh, participate with us by tuning in every single morning this week and hearing our reports from the different um, uh, locations where we'll be and uh, follow-ups to the big celebration, number 50, and to the trip <coughs> excuse me, of President Trump to Jerusalem. Everybody will be paying very careful attention to what he has to say uh, when he speaks in Yerushalayim um, tomorrow. And um, well, actually, I should say today and tomorrow. I'm not quite sure when and where, but uh, today and tomorrow he'll be in Yerushalayim. And it'll be very interesting to, uh, to watch and listen as the president visits the holy city of Jerusalem during this very important week, the timing of which we, again, can't uh, verify whether the president chose this week specifically because of the big 50th anniversary or if it just worked out that way. So Maybe he just wanted to be here this week. He that heard about the be. party. Jerusalem throws a party. And he wanted to be here. 
Maybe Ivanka wanted to be here. <laughs> Maybe Jared wanted to be here. You don't know which one. Huh? I don't know. I don't know who's making these decisions. It wasn't me. I thought I had the schedule in front of me. I know there was. Uh, I had seen it. Uh, the exact schedule in terms of. I know that he's uh, going to be in the Bethlehem tomorrow, and he'll be uh, leaving Israel at some point tomorrow, and then he'll be heading to the Vatican, and then he, he goes. I think to one of these. Uh, what? I, I nothing. Go on. I I was going to make a comment about something, and then I stopped myself, knowing that you would not appreciate the comment. Okay, that's so I did the whole thing by myself. Smart strategy. I almost patted myself on the back and didn't even need <laughs> smart to. Smart strategy on your part. I mean, I have matured so much at this job. <laughs> it's amazing. And then, and then he heads to one of those big global conferences before heading back to the United States, uh, and that is what's going to wrap up his eight-day journey outside of the U.S. So. Just want to make mention um, yeah. that um, a shout out to the to the Lauer family, who are who are commemorating the twentieth yard site of Rabbi Elias Lauer. Today is his yard site. His neshama should have an aliyah. Amen. Avi's um, had made a great donation to our fundraiser last week. My thanks again to the Lauer family, and my thanks to everyone who participated in our fundraising marathon. Um, it, the marathon doesn't end just because Friday at 9.15 took place. If you haven't given, if you would still like to give, fjbunity.org is where you can make your tax-deductible donation, and we thank you in advance for your support. fjbunity.org. And now that you've done another tribute to the Lowers, you have to do another tribute to, to Susie, Susie Schwartz. Schwartz. Susie. <laughs> Even from Jerusalem, Susie. Exactly, we exactly. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Hashem Yishmor Tzizcha With Mordechai Shapiro. We're in Israel. We're in Yerushalayim. We're in the holy city with our friends at Nefesh Ben Nefesh, our mobile studio here at uh, the northwest portion of the city. Right? Can we call it the northwest portion of the city? Yeah, I think it would be accurate. The northwest portion of the city. Otherwise known as the only portion of the city you can drive in presently. If anybody asks you where you are, say Northwest. I'm in the Northwest section of the city, actually. Um, so Miriam Wallach claims that on the flight from uh, JFK to Tel Aviv, she had an interesting encounter with one of the many hundreds of uh, students. I did. Who were uh, traveling courtesy of Birthright to yes. Israel. Birthright. This was I. Uh, the funniest part of this entire encounter, which actually took place starting from the time I sat in my seat till the time that I la- that we landed, is that I don't know her name. I don't know her name, and she doesn't know my name, which I'm not exactly sure that pleasantry, how it didn't come up at any point, especially in terms of the intimate nature of different parts of the conversation, but our name exchange never happened. Anyway, classic Texas 
blonde, blue-eyed, horse-riding girl is sitting next to me. She is. Uh, she was on Birthright. She was on this UT, University of Texas, Birthright trip. And she said, she's 20 years old, super excited to come to Israel, super excited. I said, so did you fly? You flew through New York? And she said, yes, I spent three days in New York City. I said, and? She's like, I hated it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> like, I didn't... I didn't know how to deal with that whole thing. The first, her first complaint was, uh, I, I promise you, her first complaint was that in the hotels in Texas, the waffle makers at breakfast make ho- make Texas shaped waffles, and she she didn't like the fact that these were all round. I'm like, okay, you know, I can't help you with that. And then she started talking about breakfast and and her. That's why she didn't like the. They didn't know she didn't like the fast pace. She's like, you know, I live in downtown Austin. Yeah. She's like, I go to school in downtown Austin, but it's nothing like this. I'm like, right, well, it's Manhattan. Yeah. You know, there are a gazillion people here. Anyway, so she starts telling me about breakfast and whatever. And she then asks me what makes kosher food. What makes something kosher? So I go through this very cursory description of what makes something kosher. Luckily for her, she was sitting next to the person who likes to explain things to people. Yeah. That would be me. So she wanted to know what makes an animal kosher. How do you make a pig kosher? Nope. Can't help you with that one. So then she's like, but I, I had bacon this morning. I said, okay, I'm nobody's, I'm nobody's rabbi. So I said, so she goes, did you, you know, did you ever have bacon? I said, no, I've never had bacon. I totally didn't touch the whole vegetarian thing because there's no point in that. And she said, have your kids ever had bacon? I said, no. She have your husband. She's like, you've never had it. I said, no. And she's like, I'm going to Israel and I had bacon this morning. I'm like, it's okay. It's, you know, we'll still let you in the, you know, we'll still let you in. Anyway, she tells me as part of this conversation, that she asks me if I'm Jewish. She asks me if my husband's Jewish or my children Jewish. We're going through this whole thing. She tells me that her grandmother was in the Holocaust. Somehow or another, I didn't go through the whole progression of how they ended up in Texas. So her, it's her mother's mother. And so I said to her, I said, so you're Jewish? And she said, yes, but I don't celebrate any of the holidays. She said, my father wasn't Jewish. And so my father isn't Jewish. And uh, I'm an only child. And we did Christmas. I said, you could do Christmas every day. You're still Jewish. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, this is the part of whatever. And she starts telling me how she believes that this birthright trip is going to make her more Jewish, that she's going to come out of this being more Jewish. And she starts asking me the difference. You know, what's a yarmulke? And I said, well, you might hear of them, hear them referred to as a kippah in Israel. You know, what's the difference between the names? And we're go- this is all happening before we take off. Remember, we were delayed on right. the ground. So then all of a sudden we start taking off and I said to her, I'm going to say a prayer, a travel prayer, and I'll say it, I'll have you in my mind when I say it and you just, you know, respond amen when it's over. So she's like, okay. So I say tefillat haderach and she responds amen. She's like, that was really cool. And then she said, how many other people on the plane do you think are doing that right now? And I said, look around. And you, you know, we quickly looked down our row. And there are three guys with yarmulkes who have, you know, their Sidorum out and whatever. And one woman's doing it on her app. And, uh, you know, I said, all of those people, I said, and people in rows in front, I'm like, this is, this is what we do. And she's like, that's so cool. There's a travel prayer. I said, there is a travel prayer. And we're having this whole conversation. And she's telling me how, you know, what life is like in Texas and whatever. Anyway, we go through it. And then she's all nervous about the length of the flight. How am I going to get through a nine and a half hour flight? I said, time flies, you'll be fine, whatever. 
She's fascinated by the Israeli breakfast that they give out, you know, two and a half hours before on El Al. Why is there yogurt and granola and there's fruit and there's vegetables? I'm like, because this is the way people eat in Israel and, you know, they're giving you a sample of it. Anyway, when we're about to start our descent, I asked her if she wants to switch seats with me. She was sitting in the middle. There was an Israeli woman who lives in Tel Aviv who was sitting at the end, who was sitting on the aisle and I was sitting at the window. So she said, do you mind? I said, not at all. So we switched seats. I mean, Mama, like she was like one of my kids pressed against the window. She just couldn't. She was all excited. She kept on saying, I'm so excited. I can't believe I'm finally here. I can't believe I'm finally here. And um, when we landed, oh, and I neglect to say that she was fascinated by the security <laughs> for El Al. She said, they asked me 20 questions. I was in security for 20 minutes. I'm like, of course, because you answered all the questions wrong. <laughs> Have you ever been to Israel? No. Do you celebrate it in the holidays? No. <laughs> Is your boyfriend Jewish? No. All of the questions she answered incorrectly. So I said, you, she said, but it was fine. And she was, she was so comforted by the fact that there was no Wi-Fi on the plane because she felt that that was a sign that the secure... I'm like, no, it means the plane's old, but whatever makes you happy makes me happy. Anyway, so she felt like completely in control. So when we land, she is giddy. She is all excited. And both the woman next to me and, and, and the two of us together wished her a welcome home. And she was like, she was beaming. She just couldn't stop. It's like... Um, it's you know that excitement that you feel when you when you come to Israel. There's that that un, untold, unspoken connection that we have with the land because it's our land, and no matter where else you live, this is the only place that belongs to us. And she was just about to start feeling that. And as a person who has led a birthright trip before, I know what it is like to bring 40 people who have never been to the Kotel before to the Kotel for the first time. I know what it's like when they dip their feet in the Kinneret for the first time. I know what it's like when they land for the first time. It's just incredible. So to be able to sort of have that moment with this person, I will never see again, most likely. I will never see her again. But she had already had this spark in her. She was getting the fact that this was an incredible experience. And I said to her, you know, you're here on the best week. And she said, why? I'm like, I said, because it's, it's Jerusalem Day on Wednesday. It's the celebration of the reunification of Jerusalem. She had no idea what I was talking about, which was fine. But she said to me, she goes, I'm happy. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just so excited to be here. So it was, it, the whole thing was just great. The whole thing was great. And, um, and, and Birthright is an unbelievable organization. And I just, and there are something over 100 flights that are coming this year, coming through the summer, as far as I've heard, um, different birthright trips, and call a kavod to everyone involved. Well, no question. And the, um, the feeling that we never get of landing in Israel for the first time, of being at the Kotel for the first time, of walking the streets of Jerusalem for the first time, of eating in a Jerusalem restaurant for mm -hmm. the first time, all those feelings for obviously good reasons, we've never had, because these are things we've been doing since our youth. Being with somebody who's experiencing right. it for the first time is remarkable, yeah. and you get to relive the whole thing uh, through there. In fact, it's funny, my daughter, who's going to be in Israel for her year in Israel next year, her best friend has never been to Israel. Hmm. So she's begging her, can I That's be with great. you when you first 
you know, when we first go to Dakota, we first land, you know, because I want to be with you, share that experience, which right. is really cool. So. Shout out to David Shapiro and everyone at Birthright for making all of this a reality for so many people. No question about it. A drop behind schedule for Rabbi David Goldwasser, his words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The great Rabbi Mayor Simcha of Devinsk once commented on the Pasuk in Devarim, where there are two Lashonis, two different types of language that are employed in Hashem returning the exiled. V'shav Hashem and Hashem will return your captivity. V'shav and that Hashem will return and gather you up from all of the nations. Rameir Simcha asks, why are there two different acts of return mentioned? In order to answer this, he explains that there's a special process that's going to take place at the future redemption. The first stage, Hashem will return those people who have always longed for and yearned for Eretz Yisrael. Hashem will do this because of His great feelings of Rachmanus, the mercy that Hashem has for us on the tsar in the anguish that the people endured not being in Eretz Yisrael. The second stage will be that Hashem will continue to gather in all of the Goliaths, even those who were not interested in returning to Eretz Yisrael, who are very comfortable living in other lands. We say in our Tfilos, Yerushalayim, your city, return in mercy. The Sklena Rebbe Zecher Tzadik Levrocha cites the Sefer Arve Nachal. It says there, that our kavana, our intention in all of our tefillahs for the future geula is not to ask for the geula, the redemption itself. That Hashem has already promised. He promised us that we will be redeemed. Therefore, it's not possible that this tefillah refers to that redemption. Rather, our main intention and kavana in this tefillah is to bring the geula closer we pray that Hashem should hurry to redeem us even before the end of Golos, the exile. The drawing near of the Geula can happen in two ways. It can either be brought about through a way which is harsh, like it was in Gulas Mitzrayim, where the difficulties of slavery were so concentrated that it hastened our redemption. Or it can be a way of great mercy, whereby Hashem will combine all of our personal tsar our pain and anguish with the Tsar of the Shechina, the Divine Presence. As we know, Shechinta Begolusa, the Divine Presence itself, is in exile together with us. Therefore we ask Hashem, for the sake of His name, to alleviate the Tsar of the Shechina, that the Geula should be brought near. That is the meaning of the words, V'lirushalayim Ircha Berachamim Toshuv, your city of Yerushalayim should be brought near through the attribute of divine mercy. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Rabbi Goldwasser, JM in the AM for a um, Monday morning broadcast as we continue here in Jerusalem. We are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. That's right, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Uh, during this incredible week, uh, Rabbi Yehoshua Josh Fass is going to be joining us from Nefesh Benefesh. That's where we're headquartered this morning here at the JM in the AM.
and uh, we'll continue with plenty more coming up. Uh, it's a very, very special week, to say the least, as we celebrate 50 years of the reunification of Jerusalem and are here in Jerusalem when the President of the United States arrives in the Holy City. Off of Pioneers for a Cure, it is Seth Glass with Omrim Yeshna Eretz. You are listening to JM in the AM.
the AM off of the Pioneers for a Cure, Seth Glass with Omim Yeshna Edits. JMAM in Yerushalayim in the Holy City of Jerusalem. Day one of our five-day journey to the Holy City, commemorating 50 years, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. And I thank you very much for joining us. Big schedule this entire week as we continue through to the... Uh, uh, through Yom Yerushalayim, which is this coming Wednesday, where we'll be uh, opposite Harabayit on the balcony of Eishat Torah with our friends at Amit. The founder, co-founder, and the uh, director of um, Nefesh Benefesh, where we sit today in northeast Jerusalem, is, of course, Rabbi Josh Yoshua Fass, who is uh, joining us, first of all, hosting us in this... Uh, it's 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 <laughs> You okay there, Rabbi? Uh, who's hosting us here uh, in Nefesh Benefesh headquarters. See, every time you take those headphones and you put them on, those things flip over. You have to hold them as if they shouldn't flip. And then, right, there you go. Right, there you see? There you go. It's just like on the plane. Although on the plane, I don't know if we actually make you wear headphones. Rabbi Fast, thank you for hosting us here today. And to welcome back to JM and the AM. My absolute pleasure. Welcome. Welcome home. Uh, thank you very much. It's good to be home. It's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> I was here for a day a couple of weeks ago and uh, had an amazing Pesach holiday here in the holy city of Jerusalem. Uh, but it's nice to come back and celebrate with everybody. It's, it's, it is amazing that, and I'm not, this is not a condemnation of people who, uh, the, the number of people who come here for the, uh, for the holidays, because I do think the number is pretty significant and it seems to go up every single year. Uh, but it is remarkable. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to get to the center of town. It's remarkable how many people have shown up for this week. And how many people are ready to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim number 50? So, kalakavo to those, uh, you know, often, often we'll spend time wondering where everybody else is. Thank God we have an opportunity now to be positive and to express thanks that so many came from around the world to celebrate Yom Yerushalayim. It's absolutely remarkable. You uh, hit it on the point that uh, very much to see people who have the passion and connection and connectivity to the state of Israel that actually feel that if they celebrate Yom Yishalayim from afar, they're missing out, and they're propelled to come here and to take days off from work and from school and to celebrate here in Yishalayim proper. It's, it's really incredible. Um, be honest. Not that you wouldn't be, but you know, sometimes we tend to sugarcoat things. Yes. Be honest. Is there a tremendous spirit outside of Jerusalem? especially among the religious Zionist community in regard to Yom Yerushalayim number 50, or is this really something you only feel when you're in the holy city? I think you feel it throughout the country. This is not something that uh, Yom Yerushalayim somehow gets swept under the carpet uh, in Chutzlaret, in the diaspora, where Yom Atzmut may get the, the spotlight, but to have Yom Yerushalayim celebrated is a rarity in the diaspora. Here, Yom Yerushalayim is a staple within the Dati Lumi, the religious Zionist community. Throughout the country, there are uh, events and dinners and uh, special tefillot and parades and, uh, and events within schools and communities. It's really, it's beautiful. So uh, when a youngster grows up in the United States, for instance, uh, and parents pay careful attention to this, they might be uh, acclimated to certain types of holidays, those that uh, are dominant in American, in American culture. Here... 
They'll be uh, they'll, the holidays that will dominate their schedule will be holidays like Yom Atzmut, Yom Yerushalayim, even Lag Baomer, an important solemn day like Yom HaShoah, and of course all of the traditional Jewish holidays. A yeah. different experience for a young person growing up. That's a different experience, I think, for, for all families that live here. It's not just those, those episodic moments of national identity, but I think all the Chagim take on a different flavor. Um, the whole country transforms before each Chag. Even Sukkot is different, and Hanukkah is different, and Chagim are different, especially those that are particularly related to Israel itself. And Yom Atzmut and Yom Yishalayim are completely, you can't, uh, I couldn't not believe, comparable. I couldn't believe being here at Pesach and seeing buses whose digital message in the front read Chag Kasher V'Sameach. Or tinfoiled within. <laughs> right. It really is pretty amazing when you think about it. And the moment Pesach ended, that's when you started to see this incredible spirit through flags and through signs and posters and billboards sprout up throughout the entire country as Yom Atzmu was anticipated. And now, between Yom Yerushalayim and the President Trump visit, we see a lot more decorative... Yes. Yes. A lot more decorative things coming up everywhere, as you say, not just in Yerushalayim, but all along the roads. A lot of U.S. Israel. Uh, we are bedecked. We, we certainly are, aren't we? Yes, we are. And uh, a good job, I must say, a good job. Thank you. Done We've been putting up flags for the last two weeks. <laughs> was it you? Know. Was it you? In fact, climbing. And I'm fear. I'm fear. I fear heights. <laughs> climbing up and down those out, outside that. walls of the hotels yes. and unfurling those beautiful large flags. Well, you did quite a job. Thank you. Uh, Nefesh Benefesh has announced the 2017 bonus. Sion Prize recipients. The idea here is that Olim, those who've immigrated to Israel from English-speaking countries, um, they are recognized. They are recognized for a major contribution that they've made to the state of Israel. Um, you know what it reminds me of, by the way, and, and a little bit of a different, uh, a little bit of a different um, background than maybe some of the other people that you're recognizing this year with the Bonet Sion Awards. Uh, but something I think very important to mention in light of the fact that we're in Yom Yerushalayim week number 50. Um, you know who Mickey Marcus was and how important a uh, Colonel Mickey Marcus, how important this American military figure was in the, in the Revolutionary War, in the War of Independence, I should say more accurately, here in the state of Israel. And people can read about his... And by the way, there's still a tribute. Someone just sent me the invitation. It happened a couple of weeks ago. There's still a tribute every year at West Point to his memory. Wow. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. It's remarkable. And well attended. Really well attended. I think I have it here somewhere with me, the invitation. And next year, I'm hoping I'll be able to spend some time actually speaking about it in advance, maybe even attending. They say it's a remarkable ceremony. But someone said to me um, the other day, they said, Nahum, can you find out if there is a list of people who volunteered from the United States in Israel in 1967, I said, why do you ask that question? You know, why, 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 what's your curiosity about it? So he said that he was one of four people from his neighborhood who dropped everything at the beginning of the Six-Day War and ran to Israel to volunteer, whatever, you know, tafki, whatever job it is they had. And he thinks, because it was done under the auspices of the Sochnut, he thinks that there must be a record somewhere of these people who... It should not be difficult to find. It should not be difficult, no, right? No, even forget about uh, going through those uh, routes. You can just contact the army to the office of Metav and ask them who came as a volunteer, as Machal in right. 1967. It should be fairly and, simple. And my point is that aside from the, as you described, the, you know, trying to find out the exact details and whether they've been recognized by the state of Israel, uh, but my point is that there are people 
in the Six-Day War, we've heard about it so many times when it comes to the War of Independence, but even in 1967, and by the way, 1973 as well, I've met people, and that was even more difficult, because that started on, on Shabbos Yom Kippur, mm -hmm. if you recall. And there were people who were literally at the airport minutes after Shabbos, after Yom Kippur that night, yep. and had, I mean, I, I don't want to go into too much detail, because it may upset some people in this audience how people felt the need, those who traditionally always observe Yom Kippur, felt the need to go to an airport yes. on Yom Kippur. In order for the shiduchim of their grandchildren. Yeah, exactly. I don't, exactly. I, don't, I want to be careful here. But this is the attitude. And in 1967, as I just mentioned, the same thing was going on. So people were coming from outside of Israel and coming here to, uh, to do whatever they could to volunteer. There, there was a definite passion that I'm not sure, um, you can correct me, does that exist today? The passion that we saw in 48 or 67 or 73 of individuals who felt so viscerally connected to the nation and to the state that they literally picked up under crazy circumstances to, to be with us, yeah. to be here. And it's, uh, I mean, times have changed. Right. And there's really only one example I could cite that might fit in. The Gulf War. Yeah, in the Gulf yeah. War. But again, that was what I would call you know, it, or the organized Jewish community, although it wasn't really under the auspices of who we would call normally the establishment. But still, it was an organized effort and one that was brought you know, to Jewish youth in America to participate. I don't know how many people then or today, as you just indicated, would in fact drop everything and run to Israel. I would hope that, you know, if God forbid there was a situation like that, people would. But who knows? As you say, it's very different times nowadays. So I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, we pay tribute to those who 50 years ago dropped everything, no matter where they were around the world, to come here and to participate in the war effort and to do whatever that was necessary to, uh, to help out, whether it was in the hospitals, volunteer organizations, etc., here in the state of Israel and specifically uh, in Yerushalayim. Uh, you have uh, recognized, so th th I got into this subject because we were talking about recognizing those <laughs> who have helped from outside of Israel uh, help build the state of Israel. Uh, so you've, uh, you established this. Uh, the Bonetzion Award specifically to do that, to um, include in the list of honors uh, those who have made a direct impact after coming from Anglo countries to the state of Israel. And it could be in areas of science, technology, sports, and culture, and a whole host of everything, right? Everywhere. Right. Not-for-profit organizations, etc. Honorees this year include Professor Benjamin Korn, head of the Institute of Radiotherapy at Ikhalov Hospital in the field of science and medicine. You don't know where he comes from in the U.S., do you, by any chance? Um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Beth Steinberg, director and co-founder of the Shutaf Inclusion Programs, an artistic director and co-founder of Theater in the Rough in the field of community and not-for-profit. Her reputation precedes her. Absolutely. That's Beth Steinberg. Rabbi Chaim Bravender. I didn't even realize Rabbi Bravender was born outside of Israel. That's amazing. I did not <laughs> know that. Yeah. Um, sorry. Do you know what era? He's been, been an icon since uh, yeah, P67. Exactly. About 67. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm wondering, is he really? Is he really an Anglo? Um, he's founder in yeshiva of webyeshiva.org in the field of education. And I guess for those of us of a certain age, he was founder of Bravinders, yes. as we know it. Uh, Professor Gerald Steinberg is president of the, uh, the NGO Monitor and uh, professor of political studies at Bar-Ilan University in the field of Israel advocacy. Um Often, we think the field of Israel advocacy is reserved for those outside of Israel, but I guess sometimes you need Israel advocacy inside Israel as well. Yoram Ranan, contemporary Jewish artist in the field of culture, art, and sports, will be recognized. And Lifetime Achievement Awards bestowed upon Professor Alice Shalvi 
for decades of inspiring contributions in shaping the status of women in Israel through education and advocacy, and Professor Eliezer Jaffe for his accomplishments in not-for-profit and philanthropy giving, raising awareness and support for Israeli citizens in need. Is he related to uh, Eliafa that we know from the Great Synagogue? No? Not the same family. In addition, young leadership prizes have been awarded to Captain Libby Weiss, head of the social media department and the IDF spokesperson's unit, and Scott Neese, founder and executive director of the Israel Lacrosse Association. I did not even know they play lacrosse in Israel. Well, he brought it to Israel. Have you ever been to a lacrosse match in not Israel? A, forget about What's it. I haven't been to a lacrosse in my entire <laughs> life. What's holding you back, Rabbi Fass? I'd like to know. Lacrosse. <laughs> I mean, after this, I would suspect... No, you just think about it. It's an amazing story. This kid comes to Israel. How long ago, do you know? He came in 2012. Wow. So in four, five years, he brought lacrosse to Israel, created elite leagues around the country, he went to the European Lacrosse Championship. There are 50 countries who are competing, and Israel wins in second place. And that's bizarre. And Israel has great <laughs> lacrosse athletes from where? Do you know? From nowhere. He created it. It makes but, no but sense to me. It's like the bobsled team. <laughs> no, but for, <laughs> for instance... Israel's bobsled. But for instance, when you hear of certain people in Israeli sports, like maybe some ice skaters, you know that originally they came from Russia, had some background, right. etc. I need to know where these oh, really good lacrosse players are coming from. He sought after Olim, and he cultivated their talents. Oh, and they may have played lacrosse in college, exactly. etc. Right. But just... It's the innovation and the spirit of growth and not coming here to be complacent and not individual just to plateau. Many individuals feel that when you get to Aliyah, that's it. You've done it. You've, you've reached, you've accomplished your personal goal in life. But no, individuals who've come here and the individuals that we're highlighting here have come to Israel and profoundly impact Israel. Some in education, some in nonprofit, some in advocacy, but even a young adult who comes to this country and sees, you know what? Listen, this outlet is missing. And we had this back at home and I'm sure many, many immigrants would love to have this outlet as well. And he brings it to this country and develops the country so that four or five years later, they're actually in championship and the Israel flag is going up and a tikva is being sung as a second winner of the cross championship. And that's crazy. That's pretty cool, <laughs> if you ask me. Rabbi Josh Fass is with us. What happens on June the 26th? June 26th, we have our ceremony in the Knesset. And that means all the people I just mentioned will be recognized by the Israeli government. And their family and friends and Knesset members will be there. It's become a staple now within the Knesset that the Nefesh Benefesh Bonit Sion Awards, sponsored by Sylvan Adams, will be hosted, is hosted in the Knesset, which gets a, a very sense of prominence to the placement and the and the input and the influence of Anglo Olim. Is it possible to run out of people for the Bonate Sion Award? The fact that I think we've added a few more individuals to this year than last year shows that we're not running out. Uh, thankfully and beautifully so, there are uh, tens and tens of thousands of, of Olim who are contributing and are worth merit. So uh, hopefully... Hopefully this, we have uh, many more years to celebrate the accomplishments of individuals. And hopefully through this prize, not only giving a karata tov and recognition to the individuals who are doing wonderful things and impactful things here in Israel, but it can also pave paths for individuals uh, overseas in the diaspora and all the Anglo countries. If they see their peers and colleagues who are extremely accomplished in the diaspora and they move here in Israel and they continue their accomplishments and continue in their sphere of influence, it might propel individuals to say, you know what, um, I can come. I can follow in their footsteps. I want to also impact and affect our nation and our people in the state of Israel. And I have what to give and I have the talents that I want to develop. 
and it's time for me to follow in their footsteps. And that's one of the uh, core reasons and the objectives of having this Sylvan Adams Bonetzione prize. Maybe a superfluous question after the Scott Neese story, but is there a minimum amount of time that someone has to be in Israel in order to qualify for the Bonetzion Prize? Well, the committee has its own protocols, and I think a person has to be around at least for five years. It takes time to acclimate, it takes time to integrate, and also to develop of, uh, a program or a project that at least has uh, some sense of development and motivation. Uh, and, and that takes a, 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 few, a few years to get off track. And we mentioned Captain Libby Weiss, IDF spokesperson's unit since 2011. Uh, are there others that have been recognized for their contribution in the military or in the government? Or are those two areas where you don't find as many Bonetzion potential awardees as other areas? Well, for the last four years, this is the fourth year, we've always had a, a category of a, of a soldier, uh, an individual who had uh, incredible stellar accomplishments within their army service. It's been a young leadership award. Um, this year, we wanted to depart from just having it per se to uh, their involvement in the army or their national service, but develop it to also young leaders who are doing other aspects and other involvements within Israeli society. But we still gravitated back to giving it to someone who's in, who's doing army service. Um, but uh, yes, there, there, there's no dearth of individuals who are doing incredible things in their army service, and they're also getting recognized by presidents, uh, you know, by the president or by the government for their stellar influence and their accomplishments, but I think we, we want to still continue giving that merit and also expanding it to other individuals who are doing great things who fall under the Young Leadership category. We're with her by Josh Fass. He hosts us here at Nefesh Benefesh, day one of our journey to Jerusalem for YY50. Um, you mentioned, uh, I mentioned government, and uh, we know that there's the potential. I mean, we have uh, evidence of the potential of Anglos actually uh, making their way to the Knesset and becoming members of government. What about others from English-speaking countries becoming influential members of the prime minister's office or offices that are, again, you know, prominent and dominant here in Israel, whether it be uh, the foreign ministry, defense ministry, etc. Are there Anglos who have made impacts in those areas? If you go on any day of the week to the prime minister's office or the foreign ministry, you will hear more English than Hebrew in the hallways. <laughs> and that says it all. Well, BB you know, is encircled by many individuals, many Anglo Who are not Olim. born in Israel. Correct. And uh, come with a sense of, uh, of a different sphere of influence and also a different upbringing that he appreciates. And, you, and that's been for years. Different individuals uh, who are Olim or are children of Olim from Anglo countries are in the Prime Minister's office and also in the Foreign Ministry as well. What do you anticipate this week in regard to President Trump's visit to Israel? Traffic. Anything else? Maybe it's something positive or not? What do people in general think that this trip is either going to accomplish or what type of mark it's going to leave on, the, in, on Israel and the Middle East this week? I don't like politics of this sort, but um, I think if you would have asked Israelis a month ago what they were anticipating, I think it would be very different from what you would ask them today. Think of the last months of you know abnormal um, developments within Washington, and also just the change of, of rhetoric and also agendas. Uh, I'm not sure there is people are holding their breath for major announcements. Right. Um, well, you just mentioned you don't like discussing politics, which I understand. Uh, I don't know to what extent you'd agree to discuss American Jewish leadership. We have had 
some conversations on this issue uh, over the years. Uh, I don't want to put you in any area of discomfort, especially here on your home turf, but I'll ask nonetheless. Um, <laughs> you and I have had conversations uh, criticizing American Jewish leadership, frankly, uh, when it comes to areas of Aliyah and keeping Israel um, in the broad focus of the American Jewish public, especially among the uh, more orthodox uh, communities around the United States. Um, it, I, look at the, I look at the most recent decisions, or what looks like is going to be the most recent decision by President Trump not to move the embassy, for instance, to Jerusalem as a failure of American Jewish leadership, that we don't have the influence in the U.S. that we thought we have. Do you have a general feeling about not only from a religious standpoint, but from a political standpoint? What I, I don't think criticism should be put placed on, on American rabbinic or Jewish leadership in this case. I think the, the situation is so complex and has so many different variables that are beyond uh, influence of Jewish leaders in this case that uh, blame um, of a move or not move should be placed on anyone. I think the geopolitical forces are so intense and so nuanced that, um, that uh, I don't think blame, I it's appropriate to put blaze blame on, uh, on rabbinic leadership or a failure or an indictment that uh, we don't have uh, that sense of influence on the White House or uh, lobbying force. All right. Can we condemn anybody during this conversation today? I don't want to. <laughs> it's Yom Yushalayim week. It's YY50. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding around. <laughs> Yom Yushalayim number 50 is right as we commemorate the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. We're here with everybody fast at Nefesh Benefesh. You're getting ready for a very exciting summer, that's for sure, right? Every summer is exciting, Rabbi Fass. Let's get through this week. <laughs> this week is intense. I know, but it's the month of May, I can only imagine how, we your, get to the summer. how your office is revving up, how, you're meeting a, how your office is meeting a lot of people, potential lone soldiers and families who are going to be coming from North America to Israel. It's going to be an awesome summer. It's going to be a jam-packed summer. We have a lot of uh, few challenges this summer as well with the airport construction. That's going to... Uh, Give us a little bit of challenges of how do we What are they trying the to guests? accomplish at the airport? Is this an expansion? Is this a uh, the old The old terminal that we usually use right. for processing the Olim and also bringing the guests to the hangar for the terminal. That has basically been refurbished and being used as a another terminal mm -hmm. for LL and for the airport authority. So it definitely creates a challenge of how do we process hundreds of Olim um, through Miswada Klita, through the Ministry of Immigration Absorption, and how do we bring in the guests for the, the ceremony? So we have to think out of the box, create a, a bunch of tents and other interesting uh, constructions to make it work. And this, this, will all, this will all be done by July? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And the, the crazy thing is the last couple of weeks, we had no one to speak to because the entire airport authority has been completely focused on Trump's visit. And all the supplies and all the planes and helicopters have been flying in. And so the logistics of the airport authority has been solely focused on how to absorb all, all the equipment. And every single time that we've had a meeting to discuss the logistics of the summer, because it's pressing for us, they're like, no, 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 when Trump leaves. And we'll start talking logistics. So that explains why, in fact, passport control was such a balagan yesterday. They don't have the personnel to... <laughs> I'm uh, surprised you were processed. <laughs> you're surprised we got through, huh? Uh, tell me about the cooperative effort between El Al and Efesh Benefesh to bring lone soldiers and their parents together uh, and to make uh, everybody happy by reuniting. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. We have um, very kind-hearted individuals in El Al that wanted to do something with us as an, a nice project 
and we were discussing different projects that we can possibly launch in 2017 that would match. We would put matching, they would put matching, and we were discussing a bunch of items, and it just surfaced in a conversation that uh, maybe we should reach out to parents of, uh, of lone soldiers that are missing out on these important events, and they can't afford flying. Right. And if we somehow sponsor 100 tickets a year to fly parents in, at least one parent for a ceremony, it can be life-changing for these incredible young heroes. And uh, from the moment we threw out the idea and there was receptivity, you know, immediately, we were able to launch it just a few weeks later. And, and the parents have just been so overwhelmingly um, receptive to it and appreciative of it that uh, people are flying in and just seeing the videos of just the embrace and the surprises of their kids and just the moms hugging their sons and dads hugging their daughters. It's just, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing to be involved in, even in a small way. It's just, it's worth everything. Worth a every lot dollar. of positives, huh? A lot of it's great positive positives. things going on. A lot of positives. Baruch Hashem. Uh, your, the March... Um, uh, the March um, uh, mega event at uh, Hunter College, that went as expected? It was as great a success as you anticipated? John Jay. I mean John Jay. Hunter but it's College. okay. Sorry about that. I should remember where I was, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I was, I was, for a second, I was like, yeah. we had another event? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> no, it was great. It, w- it was a great event. It was a great event for, for multiple reasons. Number one, it was a change of venue. So whenever you change venue and you're changing something, um, so that's a challenge in itself. You're used to doing things rote and, and you know how to do things almost automatically and now you change a venue with a whole different, um, different capabilities. So that itself was a challenge. Number two, we really wanted to increase the number of attendees and I think we accomplished exactly what we wanted to do and close to 1,700 people during that whole day with the, especially with the young programming young adult programming in the afternoon and the evening. And also just because we were in a bigger place, we had m- an ability to do more programming, um, simultaneous programming and just different um, nuanced programming throughout the day, which was awesome. And uh, I think people walked away, um, I think almost everyone walked away feeling that they, were, they got something out of the day. Either it was inspiration or the information or just the chizuk, the, just the support of seeing so many people also interested in Aliyah. You were there. You felt a different energy. Yes, obviously there's something to tweak and we can't wait for the next few years of tweaking what we can do in John Jay because the place is enormous. Yeah. Um, but that enormity of the place gave us so much... Uh, so many options. So really uh, nice. we'll tweak it for next year and hopefully to bring more people and have uh, more programming so people, so everyone can walk out feeling that they uh, definitely had an accomplished day. Information about Nefesh Benefesh, of course, nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Never too late to get your application in, even for the summer of 2017. Uh, although I do know somebody who's looking for six seats on the August flights. I don't know. You may be sold out by now at this point. They asked me if I can get them six seats on the August flight. Send it to my email <laughs> privately. Yeah, I have a special reserve on the side. Oh, this might work out really nicely. <laughs> and, and, and three families that are just, just reserve a seats. Reserve a seats. And then, uh, so that's nbn.org.il. And of course, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Am I fast? Anything you'd like to add? 12,000 OLIM have moved our living in Yushalayim from our Olim since 2002. Wow. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. Right? Yushalmis. Many people would think that they, they, they might want to avoid Yushalayim, go to other areas of the country. So Maybe this week. <laughs> yeah, this week they certainly <laughs> want to avoid it. 
But uh, and then for others, of course, they'll tell you that their dream has always been Jerusalem, and they can't think of making Aliyah or moving to Israel without going to Jerusalem. So for them, it works. Yeah, out many perfectly. individuals think of Israel iconically as right. you know the Kotel and Yushalayim, and for them, if they're going to move to Israel, it's Yushalayim or bust. That's but when you get more here. practical, right. and you think <laughs> about raising your families and the cost of living and schooling. Um, uh, other options come to the table. Right, understood. And we've discussed many of them on this show. Tadaraba. My absolute pleasure. Thank it's you for hosting. Great to have you. Chag Yerushalayim Sameach. Chag Yerushalayim Sameach to you. Enjoy. It's going to be quite a week, to say the least. Enjoy all the festivities this week. Kane, Kane. Uh, plenty more coming up. You're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. Thank you to Rabbi Fast. Thank you to everybody at Nefesh Benefesh as we continue. On this Monday, it's YY50 celebrating Yom Yerushalayim, the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. This is JM in the AM.
שר לי בגדי ישע, מאיר צדו יהיה אותו לי, יהיה אותו לי. תכוסות יכהן, יכהן לא יהיה, וחכה לו תדר כלהו. תכוסות יכהן, יכהן לא יהיה, סוסי סוסי יזבח Celebrating like everybody is during this amazing week. It's Yom Yerushalayim number 50 week. That's right, 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. 
Uh, we're in the Nefesh Nefesh headquarters in the northwest Jerusalem, enjoying our uh, enjoying our visit. The President of the United States is about to visit. Those of you who are listening to this in uh, in your real time back in the U.S., he's probably already landed and is on his way to Jerusalem. For us, we are at the Nefesh Nefesh headquarters in the middle of the day before the official start of JM and the AM. And uh, we are anticipating his landing and uh, his movement toward the holy city of Jerusalem. In fact, as we sit here, we are watching both the Prime Minister of Israel and the First Lady of Israel, Sarah Netanyahu. Uh, we are watching them get ready to greet Air Force One as it lands in a very familiar place, Ben Gurion Airport. Hey, look, they don't have 3,000 people waiting for them either. Also, also looks, <laughs> like, Just pointing also that looks out. like the entire area is desolate. <laughs> Y'all Katzman, looks like you didn't take, that, you know, take care of this program. Let us run the show, I can tell you. Uh, so he has landed. The, the plane is Would taxiing. anyone have showed up, by the way, if you sent out an email blast? <laughs> Come visit. Yeah. He has uh, landed, and the, now the plane is taxiing. And on the red carpet, the Netanyahu's are walking toward the plane. Do we say the eagle has landed? Um, why not? I don't know. And uh, actually, it's Israel. They'd say the Nesher has landed, right? <laughs> and and uh, we'll see what happens during this uh, ceremony, which again, by the time we have uh, aired this, many people have I'm just seen. wondering, who gets to sit upstairs? Yeah. Whose travel agent books them upstairs? Well, the pilot's certainly upstairs. Yeah, well. Uh, do you notice all the uh, military personnel there to greet the prime minister? I sure do. I mean the president, rather. It's very exciting. Uh, military personnel from all areas of the Israeli military. Uh, the uh, Air Force One with the United States of America emblazoned on its side with the American flag. You know, just interesting. The American flag with is the is facing the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, with, that's with a thing. Interesting. That's a thing on Air Force One, and I think on Marine One also. I'm not sure why, but we also had this conversation. Because usually, end of it's in the in the top left corner. Are the stars, the stars. Yeah. correct? Um, but the we had this conversation at the end of the marathon last week that no matter what plane the president is on, once the ple- once the president is on a plane, it is um, its call sign becomes. Yeah, Air it's Force designated one. as Air Force right. One. Um, I see it takes just as long for his plane to taxi as it does for mine when we land. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's already standing up trying to get his carry-on luggage Do you think anybody's trying to get the stuff out of the overhead? <laughs> Everyone must sit down. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Prime Minister and his wife are getting ready to greet everybody and on the tarmac itself. And a historic moment because... Uh, I like BB wearing red, white, and blue, by the way. Oh, very good move. I mean, it wasn't my call, but I'll, you know. He's wearing red, white, and blue. I see that. Sarah was wearing red, and um, it's pretty wild. And this is a painstaking process. Meanwhile, I'll remind everybody that there are events going on to support and to uh, remind everybody of the incredible uh, victory and the amazing miracle of the Six-Day War uh, in the United States, including the American Friends of Ateret Koanim, who are getting together on the 6th excuse me, on the 5th of June, uh, celebrating the glory of Yerushalayim for the last 50 years and, of course, beyond. Uh, that's happening Monday night, June the 5th, at Terrace in the Park in Flushing Meadows, Queens. Information about that one, you could dial the hotline at Jerusalem Chai at 212-216-9270, 212-216-9270. That looks like the president of the State of Israel, uh, Ruby Rivlin, 
Um, Who's now on the red carpet. Nahum, regulations for the U.S. flag dictate that the star field should be positioned toward the front of the aircraft so uh, that it is if the flag is flying along nice. the side of the aircraft. Yeah, thank you oh, very thank you, much. What a pickup. Good investigation. That was I great. Like that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Which is funny because I think I'm, I'm being serious now. In some of the buses in New York City that have American flags, I believe it's also positioned that way, I guess, for the same reason. How do you like that? How do you like that? Is that the ambassador of the United States to Israel? That is uh, David Friedman standing in the background behind both the prime minister and the president. And this plane is taking its time getting into the hangar. Well, you got to make sure everything is in position. Yeah. Pretty exciting, though. This reminds you of the old days when uh, planes in Ben Gurion Airport all would land on a tarmac as opposed to having a jetway approach the plane and then take everybody through the uh, inside of the terminal. You remember those days or not? Well, I remember those days because that happened two years ago, and that's when Busgate took, you know. Yeah, but that's only because of Nefesh Benefesh that it happened. Right. There are also a couple of helicopters there that are awaiting the President of the United States. Um, Is she not well? She's a chronic... Uh, oh, Mrs. Rivlin. Yeah, she's a chronic respiratory... Chronic respiratory kind of infection. She's clearly holding some kind of me- a medical apparatus. Ah, that's what that is. Yeah. I like how She's never without oxygen. And tr- I mean, she should have a refua. This is pretty... Um, See, I can't... This is pretty wild, that, that, folks. Since they they're not showing us on Israeli television. They're not showing us an overhead view. So I can't figure out if they continue to approach a plane that's continuously moving away from them or actually coming closer to them. It's very hard to determine. David I and Tammy Friedman on the runway. Unbelievable. It's really it's just amazing. Well, that's Ambassador Friedman to you. Yes, that I my apologies, that is true. That is true. The president of Israel is now it looks like he's taking the lead on this red carpet march. And everyone is, um, everyone has their standing. And then the prime minister and his wife, and then the ambassador and his wife. That is an impressive looking plane. And by the way, the, uh, the lead car, yeah, which almost looks silly, <laughs> well, to be honest, but uh, it's almost like the cute little car. It's a matchbox it's car. It's flying both the American and Israeli flags before, the, before Air Force One. This is JM and the AM, and we're actually watching uh, something that many of you, I'm sure, have already seen, and that is the arrival of President Trump in Israel. As we uh, are in Yerushalayim, we're in a place, in a city, where the President of the United States is soon going to be in. Uh, He'll be uh, celebrating his arrival in Jerusalem and his meetings and encounters with high officials in the Holy City all through the night, and we will be celebrating uh, with our friends at Mizrahi through tonight. Uh, the uh, the start of the big YY50, Yom Yushalayim number 50 celebrations here in the holy city of Jerusalem. These two events converge uh, on each other and occur at the same time. Pretty amazing. You can't make this stuff up. And we are ready to uh, to There's watch the Prime Minister, uh, watch the President of the United States descend from the plane and be greeted by this very impressive entourage. Ron Dermer, right? There's Ron Dermer. Ambassador Ron Dermer. That's correct. To you, Ambassador, that's correct. Yes. But for me, it's Ron. For you, it's Ron. I know. You guys are really close. <laughs> I forgot. I believe my you aunt. You go way back. I believe my aunt was actually his teacher in Miami. Oh, don't be that. Don't I'm be. Don't ki- do this whole. I'm not kidding. I'm being serious. Don't do this whole I slept, you know, in the bed next to me in Camp Lavi thing. I'm not kidding. Around. Yeah. I've heard that already about Jared Kushner <laughs> and 17 different people. That's your my, overhead that's shot. That's my overhead shot, finally. Split screen, right. Of the United States of America's Air Force One approaching the red carpet. 
Do we think it had a military um, accompaniment on the way here? Do I think? What am I, a military mind? A military genius? How would I even know? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. I'd have to assume this plane is escorted by a whole bunch of stuff we don't know about. That is that is for sure. The seal of the president is obviously on. I'd like to know who gets into that big crowd. Who gets into that whole crowd of I was wondering that there. also. Who do they know? Yeah, I mean, come on. Who gets assigned to wave the flags? And I can tell you one thing. Yishai Fleischer is not there with a chauffeur. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I wouldn't put it past him. I'm pretty sure he's not there. He reserves that for the uh, homecoming of all the Olim. Because that flight to him is more important than this one, frankly. What'd you say? Sound or no? No, no, no. This is fine. This is great. That is one enormous plane. That is a formidable sight. For those people who are able to uh, just capture a little bit of um, what's going on, the truth of the matter is, is that it's about 5.30... Right now, right? It's 5.30 in New York? 5.30 Eastern Time. Right, it's 5.30 Eastern Time. So for those of you who are watching this, as we're watching it, you can see the, just the, the juxtaposition of that enormous plane, that brand new enormous plane, and everything, it's just, it dwarfs everything around it. Is that Marine 1 to the left? Marine 1 and Marine 2? I don't know. Why do you think I would possibly have a Nahum, idea? you've watched West Wing. You but should be able to identify those. Those helicopters could be Israeli helicopters. Who knows? I don't know. It's pretty incredible. I still am very impressed by those who are on the right side over there who were able to get through and uh, participate in the big celebration, holding the flowers and waving the flags and all that stuff. You know, it's funny when you mention getting off on the tarmac. Yeah. Like, that used to be like, oh, we got to get off on the tarmac. But look, the president of the United States. Even he's doing it. Well, he doesn't have to wait for his luggage. You think he'll kiss the ground like we used to do when we would like, get off on the tarmac? <laughs> I still kiss the ground when we get off on the tarmac. Well, I, I agree. I'm okay. Saying. But I don't know if he'll be doing it. I don't know. And nobody gave him the, uh, we'll see what happens. What's protocol and what's Let's not. see what Jared and Ivanka do when they get off the plane. I don't think they'll be shown on television. I have a feeling that most people are going to be focused on the president. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. A lot of blue and white out there. Yes, it's a very, very, it's a very Zionistic plane. You can say that again. Exactly. Is that the right blue? White. Does it matter? Does it not matter? Even the, uh, even the um, step, oh. the stairway that's being brought to the plane is a Don't blue. you want to put the steps there first decked out before you open the door? Well, I think that's the problem is you have to open the door first before you can put the steps there, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think, right, Rabbi? You've, you've, uh, is that not true? They've, no. They open it even afterwards? Oh, my. Okay, listen, nobody asked me. See, this one being as large as it is. Here's my expertise in aviation now coming in handy. Because this is such a large a large jet, they have no choice but to uh, open the door before the stairway is uh, brought in. You couldn't come up with a better number for that staircase than 363? All right, whatever. Yes, President Trump has landed in Israel. We are watching him. Uh, we're watching everything be set up, so to speak, for the deplaning. It is amazing of the first family. How this story has completely taken over this Yom Yerushalayim week. It really is remarkable. Maybe it's just taken over today. I can't get over the timing of it, and I wish I knew more about the inside story of why this week was chosen. But maybe it was just simply done at random, or maybe, as some are suspecting. It was time for President Trump to run away from some of the domestic problems that he was involved with in Washington and to sort of just, uh, you know, take a few days off and make a few statements, uh, give a few speeches, make an impact in a different part of the world, 
Maybe it was a strategy on his part to just escape the U.S. for a while. You know who I wonder is uh, if he's on the ground right now? Who's on the ground right now? Our good friend who we look forward to, our famous photographer friend who we look forward to seeing on every flight. Oh, Shahar's there? I wonder if Shahar is in the crowd. Yeah, all right. You never know. Are you kidding me? No, Shachar? he might be there. Of he's, course. he's photographed the prime minister a million times. And here we go. Or not. The president of the United <laughs> States is about... <laughs> Actually, the security guy. Is about to leave the airplane. Right. And be met by the dignitaries of the state of Israel. I'll tell you another thing that we should really mention. Um, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and many others from centuries ago would never have believed... Oh, for sure. ...that there would be a state of Israel... And a state of Israel, not only in existence, but a state of Israel with the influence that it has uh, to, um, to attract a president of the United States, the world's greatest power, to come visit and to be part of the entire uh, political scene that Israel is part of. I sort of remember... Um, we are not 70 years old. We are not 70 years old, and look where this country is. Oh, just not, not even 70 years old. Correct. Correct. Not even 70 years old. It is amazing. And I, and I think back to, um, uh, to different words that have been said about, um, especially in light of water and other technologies that Israel now has, that other countries will be coming and begging Israel uh, to be you know, on good terms with them so they can take advantage of their technology and take advantage of all the inroads they've made in so many other areas. And I don't know if the United States is... Uh, is not on that list. It's not on that list of countries. Sarah Netanyahu <laughs> dusting <laughs> off the back of the prime minister's jacket. That is pretty funny. I, I mean, the classic Jewish wife moments. <laughs> Honey, come here. You got some schmutz. <laughs> and now, President Trump is about to come here, and I'm sure Melania looks great. Come here, you got some dust. And now uh, the I'm sure he has college days. The the aforementioned uh, the aforementioned entourage has now approached the plane. They're at the bottom of the stairs. Are they going to play hail to the chief? I would assume so. And now they literally are waiting for the president of the United States to uh, deplane, to uh, disembark from the uh, to disembark from the aircraft and join them on the tarmac. What an interesting moment, I must say. This is pretty. This is pretty interesting. I I will agree. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want us to say that this was the focus of the week. YY50, where's she going now? YY50 was happening this week whether President Trump was here or not. The celebration of the reunification oh, I, I of Jerusalem say, I was here. I would say it otherwise, that YY50 has had to adjust, has had to adjust accordingly because of the visit of the President of the United States. I mean, this is a... Maybe uh, he's not really on the plane. That's why he's not coming off yet. We saw last night the incredible uh, celebratory atmosphere and the thousands of people gathered in Jerusalem. We know what to anticipate on a night like tonight. We know what to anticipate a night like tomorrow night with all the marching and dancing to the Kotel Amaravi. And... Uh, and we know what to anticipate on Wednesday when there is such a, an incredible celebratory atmosphere with parades and more happening in Jerusalem. But so much of this had to be adjusted because of the, uh, because of the visit of the President of the United States. So much of it had to be uh, considered. I know that people who are planning events tonight were quite worried, wondering how this visit would affect their schedule, how would it affect people, thousands of people trying to get to their events how it would affect those people who have um, who would like to see everyone have the ability to get there and to reach the event without any problem and that is uh, that's something that's going to be 
that they're going to be worried about all through the day, just like we were worried last night getting from the airport to Yerushalayim, what type of street closures would be in effect and where pedestrians would and would be, not be allowed to go and where cars would be and would, be, would not be allowed to go. And we already experienced that yesterday, but way before the president's visit and way before the official celebration of Yom Yerushalayim had begun. It's YY50 week, everybody. That's right. It's YY50 week. And um, we are celebrating Yom Yerushalayim together today at Nefesh B'Nefesh. Tomorrow we'll be at our friends at Yad Sarah, a very prominent organization in Yerushalayim and throughout the entire country of Israel. Looking forward to tomorrow's visit to Yad Sarah. On Wednesday, the centerpiece to our incredible celebration will be on the balcony on uh, Avesha Torah with our friends from Amit. Who we're going to be, uh, who we're going to be celebrating with on Yom Yerushalayim itself, as close to Harabayit as you can imagine, with a tremendous view. Okay, now I really am beginning to believe he's not on the plane. And um, then Thursday and Friday, our friends from the One Israel Fund and Atarat Kohanim will round out our broadcasts as we concentrate on Israel and on Yerushalayim this week. Right now, because we are. Um, preparing this program a drop before actual airtime we are sitting and watching what a lot of people are sitting and watching at this time and what many of you will see throughout the day as highlights from israel and that is president trump landing at ben gurion airport and um any minute now i would suspect he will um he will um leave the aircraft walk down the steps that are bedecked in uh blue and white with a red carpet, appropriately enough, and join the Prime Minister and his wife and the President of Israel's oh, and wife. And, and there are Ivanka and Jared. Ivanka and Jared are there, like ready to greet their uh, father and father-in-law. Yep. And frankly, they look great. Very appropriate. They look great. Yep. She has a she has a hair covering, a fascinator, as they are referred to. We are still waiting for. Oh, and here he is, the President, President of the United States. States. Uh, at exactly 6.42, 5.42 Eastern Time. 5.42 Eastern Time. The President of the United States has... Unbelievable. ...has left the aircraft and is here in Israel. It is official. Hmm. So I mean, it's somehow or another, we, you and I are speechless, which is, well, as usual, bad for business. But there, somehow or another, this is... I don't is know about speechless, just uh, not quite sure what to say because this is an unusual situation where we're sitting and watching this. In real time. And trying to convey to people what's going on. While we are here. President Trump with President Rivlin. Could you brief us on who the first person was to shake President Trump's hand? I don't even know who that is. Is that interesting? I don't even know who that is. President Trump now with both the Prime Minister of Israel and the Sarah Netanyahu, the First Lady. Greeting him, greeting each other as if they're old friends, frankly. You can see some camaraderie there. Greeting each other as if they are old friends. Who, yeah, he's President a tall Trump? Man. He's a tall man. I was with him in an elevator a few months ago, and uh, he's almost my height. He's almost my height. It's really He's something. almost 6'6"? Six, six? I wouldn't say 6'6", six, six, but he's up there. He's, he's in the 6'2", six, 6'3", six, range. It's pretty wild. David Friedman, who he knows for quite a while. David and Tammy Friedman. There they are. Right. Mm, that's awkward. Okay. Everybody's connecting. Good. 
Melania Trump looking absolutely beautiful as ever. And uh, there you have it. I assume these are the heads of the different military and uh, Israeli security personnel divisions. Incredible. Greeting President Trump, saluting him and shaking his hand as he moves on the tarmac at Ben Gurion Airport. And there you have it. And now they walk together. And the President Trump is officially in Israel. How do you like that? Let the traffic <laughs> Let the games tra- begin. You can say that again. Plenty more coming up. This is a, a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. We are at Nefesh Ben Nefesh. And uh, we are, will continue with plenty more happening on this Monday you if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. When all I feel is numb to the numbers Well, that's all they are to me now I can't read the news anymore It's all the same to me all monotony When did I grow so cynical Nothing helps me Nothing helps you see A wave of helplessness Has washed me away And I can't get back I am lost without you I need to be how can I help ease your pain? Just tell me what to do. I can hear without you standing in the cold. How can I help ease your pain? City of I can't stand to see myself 
Cause I am lost without you The need to be with you How can I help ease your pain City of gold I am lost without you
JM in the AM with Leif Tahar and Imesh Kachech. Before that, City of Gold done by Blue Fringe. As we celebrate YY50, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the reunification of Jerusalem. Spent some time this hour actually watching the arrival of President Trump in Israel minutes ago here on JM in the AM. Want to remind everybody that the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten follows us every single Monday. Uh, Mayor today is going to feature another uh, great broadcast, as you would suspect, coming up on the next edition of the Israel Show today between nine and ten o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, Mayor Weingarten will be uh, certainly be speaking about the um, the news from Israel. Uh, that's for sure, and all the different uh, all the different um, aspects to the news of the day that need to be discussed. Um, in addition to that, on this the next live special edition of the Israel Show, Mayor will talk about Yerushalayim Shel Zahav, a phrase that first appears in the Talmud. It became the theme song of a nation when it debuted 50 years ago on Israel Independence Day, 1967. Naomi Shemer brilliantly wove phrases from Tanakh, Talmud, Midrash, and Tefillah, creating this haunting song, which has been called Israel's Second Anthem. The very same night, five minutes away, Rabbi Tzvi Yehuda Cook spoke before the students at the festive Independence Day celebration at Yeshivat Merkaz Arav. Three weeks later, their words would become prophetic. The Israel Show celebrates 50 years of the return of the Jewish people to Jerusalem. They'll analyze the mayor will analyze the holy sources of Jerusalem of gold and make it a modern Tefillah. That make it a modern tefillah. And you'll hear excerpts from Rabbi Tzvi Yehuda Cook's famous words that went on to fuel a generation. Don't forget to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And join Mayor, everybody, for an unbelievable edition of The Israel Show befitting a Yom Yerushalayim week. In this case, YY50. Tomorrow from Yad Sarah, we'll be with Amit on the balcony of Eishat uh, Torah on Wednesday for Yom Yerushalayim itself. Stay with us all through the week so that you could follow uh, our adventure in Jerusalem. Um, just as President Trump is doing, he's visiting Jerusalem, so are we here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. I want to again thank everybody who contributed to Fundraising Marathon 2017 last week. Thank you very, very much. Uh, it's much appreciated, to say the least. And I thank the Mizrahi, uh, World Mizrahi, for making sure months ago uh, to include us in this incredible mission and be part of a, uh, of a historic a trip, a historic journey uh, that for many is hard to believe that it's already 50 years since the Six Day War that's already 50 years uh, since the reunification of Jerusalem our brothers and sisters in Israel we are with you, it's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel network and of course on our beloved NSN app. And I want to thank Miriam L. Wallach for joining me. This has been uh, so far a very interesting journey to say the least. That is for sure. And we'll have plenty more to say tomorrow, of course, uh, here at JM in the AM. Final thoughts? Oh, sorry about that. Go ahead. This is, this is going to be a very exciting week. <laughs> a very interesting week to say the least. I mean... And very exciting. As, yep. as we wrap up our recording from Nevesh Benefesh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is addressing the crowd on the air, at the airport uh, where President Trump is sitting along with all the dignitaries 
A very interesting week has begun. YY50, everybody. Chag Yerushalayim Sameach. Mayor Weingarten is next with the Israel Show. Pay careful attention. He has some amazing material today. And we continue tomorrow with our friends from Yad Sarah in Jerusalem right here at JM in the AM. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.